take it away. Brilliant. Um, hope everyone's got some drinks and some snacks. Please tuck into those snacks. Might give you to take them home. Also, just to say, um, Karis was admiring. Claire has made these beautiful, absolutely beautiful Christmas baubles that have um, a name of Jesus, which are one for each and every one of you to take away, and potentially two. Yeah, I know. They are so beautiful. Um, so where's Claire? Where is she? There she is. Yeah, God. She's amazing. She's orchestrated like all these beautiful things. These guys have done an amazing job. So real thank you. It's a beautiful place to be in here. Now... Um, just to say, Angie said that apparently I'm matching the rug. <laughs> Check that out. I'll lay down later on. Very, maybe I'd need to take the rug home with me. It's very, it's a very nice rug. Anyway, love black and white. Anyway, it's my privilege. We have here. Do you want to introduce yourselves first, ladies? Um, I'm Angie. Um, I've been in King's Community Church for. Almost 33 years, <laughs> which is probably longer than most of you have been alive. <laughs> and I'm the yeah. new, newbie around here. I've been here four months, five months. Say your name. Brilliant. We've got amazing Sue, amazing Angie. Brilliant. Are you right? Oh, yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Julia. Lovely. Um, we're starting off with some would you rather, just so that we're just getting a real, this is the real important questions that you want to know. I've researched these. So ladies, we want your raw answers for would you rather. Okay, are you ready? Angie, we'll go to you first. Angie, would you rather write a five paragraph essay about the meaning of Christmas or solve a page of Christmas themed maths problems? This is what you wanted to know, wasn't it? Angie, um, over to you. Definitely the five paragraphs of writing. Would um, you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Brilliant. The good news is, is I've got some paper. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been no, a good one, I, wouldn't it? I haven't really got a mathematical brain. I can get by, but no. Okay, brilliant. That's well, good I'll to share know. share that with you. <laughs> so, over to you. Yeah, definitely I'll share that with you. <clears throat> I'm not a mathematician. So, you're, a para you're an essay? Brilliant, that's good to know. They're the ones you go to if you want an essay written. Um, would you rather have a nose that glows like Rudolph or pointy ears like an elf? <laughs> yeah, I know. Sue, we'll go to you first. <laughs> I'll go with the pointy ears. Pointy, e pointy ears. Oh, you look yeah, well cute. I don't think I want anything on my nose. No, a bit more uncomfortable. Okay, pointy ears. You look very cute, ladies. I love that. Okay, next one. Would you rather visit the North Pole or visit Bethlehem? I thought that was a quite good one. North Pole or Bethlehem? Going to you first, Sue. Bethlehem's a bit dangerous these days. Are you a woman? Are you a I woman might, of danger? I might go for the North Pole. You, oh, you're going North Pole. <laughs> okay, we've got we've got a North Pole. She likes it cold. Angie. Um, I was thinking Bethlehem, actually, <laughs> yeah. especially at this time of year. Um, but yes, I take Sue's point. But um, yeah, it would be Bethlehem. It'd be warmer. Yeah, yeah nice. Warmer. I like that. It's good to know. It's good to know. Okay, another uh, nitty gritty song. Uh, uh, not song. Question Would you rather receive socks for Christmas or receive a dictionary? <laughs> <laughs> Pro 
probably socks. Socks. <laughs> I've got yeah. plenty of dictionaries. Yeah, okay, you've got dictionaries, socks. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go you're, with that. you're going for that. I did ask Johnny these questions and he said a dictionary and then maybe said socks. So um, who knows? Okay. Um, would you rather, this is, would you rather see the nutcracker or dance in the nutcracker? Oh, definitely dance. Dance. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I'm not going to demonstrate, but... <laughs> I would definitely see it. I don't think you've seen me dance, but my Angie. granddaughter gets me to dance, which usually means jumping up and down on the spot. And no, it's not really my thing. I was going to say, we won't get you to demo. No, okay, that's all right. Okay, um, last one of would you rather. Would you rather spend a day watching Christmas films or go shopping... At a ball, shopping centre. Films or shopping, Christmas shopping? What are you going for? Yeah, <laughs> yeah films. Films? Have you got um, any favourite Christmas films? I don't really like Christmas films. No? Oh, and, oh no. Oh, gosh. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, alien I've alienated the audience. You've alienated so the audience. On. Um, but then I don't like shopping malls either. Oh, or malls, malls, whatever they yeah, are. So no. What would you prefer to do? Could you answer that for us? What, um, what would your ideal Christmas day be? Or Chris Not Christmas oh day, Christmas. Um, I'd probably rather go for a walk on the beach. We like that, we like that. Thanks. Sue? Yeah, well, we have um, a dog who's always asking. On the Marriott Way we live. Nice. So no films, no shopping, out for a walk. Yep. Gosh, these ladies are good, aren't they? Brilliant. Okay, that's the would you, would you rather. We'll ask you those later just to get you... Um, thoughts thinking about those now we would love to hear it's such an honor to have you here we'd love to know how you guys started to follow Jesus um who's gonna start us off <laughs> they're eager they're eager um, to tell us their um, stories we want to learn well um this is quite a long time ago even longer than 33 years um my parents weren't really Christians um in those days, when I was a child, um, England was pretty much a Christian country, uh, which sadly it isn't really now. Um, and so we were, my brother and I were sent to Sunday school. Um, my mum was a believer, but my dad um, had been through the Second World War. He'd worked on the Arctic convoys, which if any of you know about that, it was pretty horrendous. Um, and I think that sort of destroyed any faith in God that he had. Um, so my mum didn't go to church, but we were sent to Sunday school, probably to give them a break on a Sunday afternoon. Parents sure, of amazing. young children can really identify with that. Um, and really, I have memories um, as a young child of believing, really, in that sort of simple childlike way. Um, my mother bought me a Bible, which in those days was just the King James Version, um, but it had glossy pictures in, and I used to like looking at all the pictures. Um, and as I grew up, um, uh, I was in a little Anglican church in, in York, which is where I grew up, and it just happened when I was going into my teens that the church had a really lively youth group and a really excellent youth leader. 
Um, so it really shows you the importance of youth leaders in the church, actually. Um, I remember just a couple of weeks ago, Steph Liston um, shared a bit of his testimony, and it was a youth leader who kind of got hold of him and said, you know, come on, Steph, what are you messing about at? Where's your life going? Um, so we had a great youth group, and I think as I went into my teens, we used to go to Pathfinder camps, which was like a youth camp, um, and I just, I think I went forward several times because the youth leader came to me and said, I think you are a Christian now. <laughs> but I, think, I think I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> um, and probably to please them, you know. Um, and then I left home when I was 18 and went to London, the wicked London. Um, when you come from Yorkshire, London is the south and it's a long way away. Um, but I left to go to university and got involved in the Christian Union. And um, being London, we had some great input from some of the sort of leading Christian preachers of that day. Um, and that just helped develop my faith. Um, and then when I left uni, I met Goff. But that's another story. Over to you. <laughs> that, oh, that's great. Thank you. Sue, so, we'd love to know yours. As it could possibly be. I, uh, I don't feel I've had a special childhood, but very different from any of you, probably. Um, I was born in Africa, in one of the most remote parts of South Sudan. And yeah, in the, yeah I was born in, in a, a remote part of South Sudan, where my father was um, involved in post-war in the uh, political... Um, leadership of, of an area, a district commissioner. But uh, he, he was a Christian and my mother as well. So I was, I was brought up um, knowing, knowing the Lord from, from the cradle, really. And I was one of four children, so um, you know, daily prayers were part of our everyday life. Um, when uh, a bit later we, we went um, to Uganda and who was in missionary work there. So I'm actually fourth-generation mission child, which, is, <clears throat> which has played a huge part, in a sense, in who, who I am, who I... Um, uh, yes, I think who, who I really wanted to be, and, and I grew up thinking this is probably what I will be going into. <clears throat> so later, when I met Stuart, we, we were both heading in the same direction. Um, but um, yes, yeah, so the influence of parents, godparents, grandparents was was huge. <clears throat> and but at the age of nine, I was sent away to boarding school. And uh, those of you who might imagine that rosy place, you actually on your on your own for um, 13, 12, 13 weeks at a time, quite a long way away. And um, we used to get on the old school and travel for a day and a half to get through from Uganda to Kenya. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, our, our relationships with friends were very close. I'm still in touch with, with school friends I grew up with. <clears throat> and um, I remember thinking, though, uh, you know, this faith that my parents, is it real for me now? Because you're surrounded by people who don't believe as well. 
and uh, we had a fire uh, alarm one night, and I thought that we were told you're not allowed to take anything with you. You just have to get in your dressing gown and go out. And I thought, well, uh, there must be something I want to take. So I <laughs> thought the most valuable thing to me is my Bible. And, uh, and I stuffed it in my pocket, and it just fitted in as I was, went out with my Bible. And I thought, I'm thinking back now that actually that, that to me was, was so significant because um, I used to read it daily, and, and it's always been a part of, of you know, who I am. <clears throat> and I think um, growing up with, um, uh, amongst, there were just a few friends at school who really loved the Lord, so um, the, uh, one night I had a dream, and it came three, three nights running, and I thought, it's a strange dream. Um, it was, I was walking along a sort of a high road, and there was a deep ditch on either side, and I noticed that there was a cross lying down in the ditch. And um, I thought, I have to pick up that cross. That's for me to pick up. And... Uh, and so I did, and um, again it happened the next night and the next night. And I thought, you know, this is what this is what discipleship means. It means that Jesus wants me to walk with Him, and He wants me to take take up His cross. And and when going into uh, later into college, I, um, I realized that you know, God, you know, that quote that God has no grandchildren; He only has children. That's got to be a, a, a personal relationship. It can't be, you know, on behalf of somebody else. And um, so I think I tested that um, in, in the first few years when I was at Cambridge with Stuart and um, um, made it, you know, made it my own. Um, we, we used to meet in the um, prayer meetings for praying for countries around the world and went on mission, short-term missions to... Um, First of all, to places nearby like Ely, and then over in, in Europe into Belgium, and and then in latter life, um, we went out to Pakistan. Maybe. <laughs> wow, that's, that's quite an exciting place to leave us. Pakistan is another story. Wow, thanks, Sue. These are, that's really good, isn't it, to know how people have begun their journeys with Jesus. So, Angie, can you tell us a time that you've had your prayers answered in an unexpected way? Um, <clears throat> I think prob <coughs> excuse me, uh, probably the, the most helpful example um, was um, before we came to Norwich... Um, Goff and I and our children, we were living in South End. Um, Goff was working in London, but he was also very involved in the church there. But we'd sensed for quite a while that somehow there was a change ahead. Um, sometimes you just feel like your roots are being loosened. Um, that's the gardener talk, I think. Um, but you just sense that sort of slight unsettledness, but can't really sort of articulate it easily but we sensed that there was some change coming um, and we were we were ready for that and we were praying into that um, and I remember one New Year's Eve we 
back down and prayed together, not really knowing what we were praying for, um, and just prayed for God to lead us, really, and to show us, you know, the next step. And then a few, well, maybe about two or three months later, uh, some friends of ours who were living um, in Norfolk, um, and I'd never been to Norfolk, actually, um, invited us for the weekend. Um, and I often say, what a difference a day can make. I know there's a good song about that, isn't there? <laughs> what a difference a day makes. But it, it's true, you know, you wake up one morning um, and you don't realise that this is the day that actually changes the direction of your life. Because we came up to Norfolk, stayed with these friends, and on the Saturday they'd invited um, a couple, Henry and Dorothy Tyler, um, for lunch as well. So we met this uh, couple. They were in their 60s. Um, Henry had been working with Terry Virgo, the, the kind of founder of New Frontiers churches down in uh, Sussex. And he'd felt to come to Norwich to help the church, which was had been going through quite some difficulties. Um, and um, he was obviously of retirement age and realised he couldn't kind of see the church through the next 30 or 40 years or whatever. And I think probably he was praying for, you know, a younger man. Um, and in those days, we were young. <laughs> we, were in our, we, were, thank you, Liz. we were in our sort of late 30s. Um, but we sat and we just chatted over lunch. But it was one of those Holy Spirit moments because God really just joined our hearts. Um, and he leant over to us after lunch and said, come to Norwich and let's see what God will do. Aww. Sort of immortal words. And I think that was probably the most unexpected answer to prayer. Um, it set off you know, quite a, a twisted, tortuous journey trying to get to Norwich for Goff to try and get a job, which um, he didn't get. And so he ended up commuting to London um, for several months. Um, and that is another story. But yeah, it was a praying and then unexpectedly meeting Henry and coming to Norwich Community Church, which now is King's Community Church. <coughs> that's brilliant. That is, that's a good way of answering that question, Angie. Thank you for that. Um, Sue, same question. Yes. Um, I think having had an Africa experience in my childhood, I imagined that I would just go back to the place I knew and that, um, you know, I loved the African people. I could see ways in which that would, could work out. But um, uh, when I met Stuart, he had had um, a year working in Lebanon and then a summer working out in Pakistan as an engineer and um, as a student. And so I remember a very definite time when um, we actually found we, we were given a call, a very definite call to work amongst Muslim people. And um, it, uh, it wasn't specifically Pakistan at that point, but it, and we had thought that maybe it would be the Arab world, so we had started learning some Arabic and um, reading about the Arab world, praying for 
the Arab world. And we felt right from the beginning we have to be intentional about, about this. Um, if God does give you uh, something to set your heart on, um, it's good to be really intentional and step out into that. Um, and so we've found over the years that um, to actually set aside time um, to pray, we've, we've been involved in lots of prayer groups which are specifically for our Muslim friends, you know, whether abroad or here, or, or encouraging people to go into work with some of these are, are very difficult situations where you, um, uh, where you can actually sense the, uh, the opposition, as it were. Um, and so it's been, well, it's been a privilege, but a challenge to, um, to try and encourage other people into seeing these um, Muslim friends of ours as, as people that God loves and that has a message for. And, um, when we were back in Cambridge, we, uh, we met a, um, a PhD student who had definitely found Christ when his father died, and um, his family had instantly um, thrown him out, disowned him, lost everything. And um, he didn't see his family for about 16 years, painful years. Um, so in a way, we, um, we kind of adopted him really into, into our family. And he was at all our children's weddings, had four kids. So um, he was always there. And um, <clears throat> I think then we were at his wedding when he, uh, when he married. Uh, so it's uh, been like a, an intentional way of setting our course in life and I think that that really helped and particularly when we came to Norwich we thought what are we going to do here what's <laughs> what's the Lord got for us here you know, we came partly because of the grandchildren you know that's um, life and then you've retired and you've got um, time and and yet it, we felt it was more than that so um, so we have um, I've been praying particularly about asking the Lord to lead us to meet Muslim people here in Norwich. And, um, uh, well, we met, we met one and had him over. He's actually from Pakistan, studying at the university. Um, discovered his story, and he's in one of the most difficult places in, in the country, in Pakistan, where there's civil war going on. Um, I think he... He could be fearful for his life when he returns. Met him again last night, and just it's just a plan to to meet people like this that that you can stand alongside and really help them. Brilliant, gosh, it's exciting stuff, isn't it? I'm loving this. Um, well, it's been really lovely just to hear about your journeys and how God's answering and being faithful. Um, can you tell us a time of what your go-to is when you're facing difficult times, maybe? Um, yeah. Um, I think when, when you go through difficulties, um, trouble, uh, Jesus says, doesn't he, that in this life you will have trouble. Um, and if you're sitting there and you don't know what that is... Um, Trust me, one day you probably will. There are all sorts of pressures and difficulties and tragedies and traumas um, that 
that we experience in a, in a broken world. Um, and I think um, it's, it's easy during those times to um, let go of God, I think, um, because our natural reaction is to think that as God's children, we should be kind of cosseted um, and protected from, from some of those things. But um, the Bible's quite clear, isn't it? Um, and if you read the New Testament, you realize many of the um, Christians there were, were, were born again into a period of severe persecution, losing lives, losing property. Um, it wasn't a picnic at all. Um, so it's easy to, to lose sight of God and to lose your grip on him, as it were. And I think, um, I think for me, um, going through difficulties, um, it's to hold on to the truth about God, um, those nuggets of truth that, that, if you like, we can keep in our pockets. Um, the fact that God is love, God is faithful, um, he is with us, he never leaves us, um, and to hold on to the truth, even despite the fact that you don't feel it or you don't actually see it, I think that's the really difficult thing, um, especially um, in our sort of culture, because it's become quite a sort of feely culture. Um, uh, yeah, we, we, we do often, and I think particularly as women as well, I think sometimes we can think with our feelings, um, and obviously our feelings are involved, but um, when it comes to uh, the truths um, that God shows us in his word, we have to hold on to those um, when, when the storm is raging um, and you can't actually see a way out. Um, everything's pretty dark. Um, so I think holding on to those truths and then um, I think the Psalms are just a wonderful place of refuge um, and I think most of them um, are in some ways um, laments and we don't talk about lamenting much but there's a lot in the Bible about lamenting which is really crying out to God saying I don't understand I can't see what's happening I can't I can't cope I can't survive this um, uh, but but you're I, but I know you're there somewhere even though I don't feel it or see it um, so the Psalms are great there's one that I particularly um, identify with um, I think it might be Psalm 3 and it, it just I mean it's quite it's quite almost rude when you think the psalmist is is addressing God because it starts off answer me when I talk to you <laughs> and it sounds like a school teacher you know talking to a child or a parent talking to a child answer me when I talk to you you know how long oh lord how long what's going on I don't understand um and I I can't do this um so the psalms I think are a great place to go and then I think um holding on to those nuggets of truth um praying the psalms and just bringing our complaints and our laments to God. 
I think when, when we go through really tough times, um, I mean, real difficulties, not just that, you know, your iPhone's out of battery or something, um, really difficulties, um, I think the temptation is to give God the silent treatment, you know, and to just um, avoid. Um, and you can't pray yourself. And then that brings me to probably my last point, which is the family of God, because the family of God, the church, is really, really special. And I think, um, you know, we're there for one another. Um, and we need one another, actually. The Christian life was never meant to be uh, something you do on your own. And I think, obviously, you don't share with everybody, but to be sensitive to one another and not to feel that you have to have, you know, scriptures or clever words. Um, the best thing, really, is a hug, to be honest. Um, and maybe you know, a, a hug in a text or whatever, um, those are really, really helpful. Um, and I think, you know, the Bible talks about not forsaking the assembling together, not forgetting to meet together. It, it's easy, isn't it, when we lead such busy lives um, just to say, oh, I won't go today. But there's something special about the family of God and the miracle, really, of fellowship and how that how that sustains us and that's how God meant it to be thanks gosh good good nuggets there good nuggets thanks Angie see same for you what's your go-to yeah. in difficult times yes I, I don't think I can add anything to <laughs> that's wonderful <laughs> everything yeah, that you said words. and um yeah I think um I would endorse everything you say and um I think whatever stage of life we're at, um, you know, whether you have a, a small child, you know, um, learning who, who their father is, then <clears throat> it's going to be very simple, isn't it? My, my childhood's um, go-to is Exodus chapter 3, verse 12, which is, certainly I will be with you. And um, actually, that, that has stayed with me my entire life, so it's... <laughs> As I've had these various different, you know, events, gone into new things and new countries and places, and um, and I've I've always felt that the deeper understanding of that verse. Yeah, it's really helpful, isn't it? Sometimes just having those verses that they, um, you can speak and lean on. That's really helpful. Um, what piece of advice would you give your younger self if you could? Did you? Oh, she's she's written something down. Brilliant. We're we're eager to know this, aren't we? <laughs> I'm eager to know anyway. Well, they're sort of linked. A couple of things, really. I think um, the first is that God works in a mysterious way, and often in quite a hidden way. And so often in our lives, we don't actually see what he's doing I think just to um, say there's I think it was a Danish philosopher Kierkegaard <laughs> I don't read oh, much Angie. philosophy I know 
Do I'm just trying to show off them? now. But Gosh. I read it. I read it once, and he said, "We Bring live our we live our lives forward, but we understand them backward." And I thought, Ooh, actually, that's, that's nice. quite deep, really, when you think about it. And I think as Christians, sometimes sometimes we can see what God's doing in our lives, and and we can see it in in one another, where. <coughs> Excuse me. The body is important because we can encourage one another in that. Um, but very often, you go through periods where you don't really know what's happening, and you know where is God. And I think, to, for my younger self, I would say just to be patient and just keep doing the stuff. And um, and linked to that is the importance of perseverance. Again, there's quite a lot in the Bible about perseverance, enduring, and in our culture, that isn't something that is evident at all. You know, if you're if you're in a job and you don't like your boss, you leave. If you if you're in a marriage and you're cheesed off, you leave. People don't endure generally; they don't persevere. But the Christian life is is a marathon and not a sprint and I think I would have said to my younger self develop perseverance to keep keep at things brilliant yeah that's really helpful see so what would advice would you have given your younger self if you could um I think to laugh more brilliant yeah I like that I, uh, I sometimes take myself very too seriously um, and when you, as you say, you look back on your life, you think, wow, that is wonderful. That is really fun. And you know, to be able to enjoy enjoy little things and, and to see how God's um, done some, just, you know, created such an amazing world and and to see the, the life and your children, your grandchildren, and, um, and just being able to relax more into those um, relationships that the Lord has given um, I think um, a second thing might be to to be more proactive in reaching out. Um, suppose by nature I'm more shy person, and to actually have the courage to to you know to um, put yourself in someone else's shoes, or, or even just to spend time asking God, "What do you want me to say in this situation? Um, give me give me the words." I, you know, I'm lacking knowledge um, and wisdom. And like James says, you know, um, ask for wisdom. And uh, so I think, I think that's that's probably what I would need more wisdom than that. <laughs> this is brilliant. Um, I think just hearing you ladies just share your story just there's a real quality of ladies in this room isn't there and just hearing how you've journeyed um just hearing how you speak about your journeys yeah it's really inspiring to me i hope you're inspired um and um yeah we want to really bless and honor you because we're so grateful to have you as part here as city west for we're so pleased that you came to Norwich and just think of the heritage that of the people that you've invested in and people around this room that we're so 
pleased to have had you here. And for Sue, we're so pleased to have you here as a newbie, part of City West and actually the heritage you bring here and just what quality. And actually the Bible calls us to get around these ladies to really learn from them. And um, so I really want to commend them to you and just a big thank you for the way that you've shared um, and just spoken such truth. That is lovely. Can just a round of applause? Does that work? I don't know. Question. Yeah, yeah. And a week. And a week. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. And, and you know, you, you didn't ask. You didn't ask the last question. Oh, yes. Do you want? What's to, the yeah. best thing in your life right now? I just want to say very quickly that, honestly, it has been the early morning prayer that we've been having with Joe, Johnny, and Sarah. And, and just being, getting to know you guys, being able to come around and meet homes. And we have just had welcome that we have really been touched by that. So I just want to say a big thank you to, to just being a wonderful, loving community. So thank you. Brilliant. Thanks. Yeah. Early morning prayer. There you go. Shout out to that one. There you go. Yeah. Get along. <laughs> Lovely. Nice. Well, you are free to return to your chairs if you'd like to. I'm really aware of time. Um, that was good, wasn't it? Thank you, ladies. Are you all right? We'll get you back. Um, we'd love to sort of end with a bit of worship, but I'd love to give you guys the opportunity. I don't know if to stand or sit. I just, I'll sit down. There you go. Sit down. Um, it just it feels really... I'm just listening and just thinking it'd be really good just to pray for one another, just for... Um, I think Angie was saying about endurance and perseverance, actually. I'm sure in our lives, I know definitely for me, there are things that um, I could do with that. And also just to pray more of Jesus, actually, in each of our lives, um, which would be a really good thing to do. Um, so maybe, as the, I love doing this, as the band come back, as the, as the worship group comes back, it just feels such power. I love it. Um, it'd be great just and so if people and if want prayer and I just I had that real sense of um, wanting to give people the opportunity to pray either for healing if there's stuff going on that you want to pray with someone or the person next to you this is a great place to do it um, we've got 15 minutes so um, have you got some tunes lined up for us brilliant we've got tunes lined up um, yeah we can pray if there's anything else do you want me to say anything else, Beth? Is that all right? There's baubles for you to take. Don't forget to take baubles because that's very important. Take a bauble and have Jesus hanging in your home. Um, and yeah, and let, gra grab this opportunity to pray um, for each other. I think that's, that's me done. Is that right, Sarah?